Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you Chapter 41 of Hunter Hunted, my AVP fan fiction. I do hope, as always, you've been enjoying this little stroll through the AVP universe that I created all those years ago. And I do hope this little nostalgic feeling will light your heart up like it does mine. As this is probably going to be the last uh, chapter before Christmas, uh, let me take this opportunity to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hopefully we'll speak again before the New Year's out. But you never know, do you? So I'll take the opportunity now while I've got it. So, without further ado, let's get this show on the road, shall we? Oh, and the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own AVP. I don't have anything to do with it. James Cameron and all the rest of them can keep that. And yeah, please don't hunt me down. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 41. The Eye of the Storm. Jack stood by a large statue in the middle of the village as he watched his daughter being led by the hand by a young little black girl towards the hut on the edge of the village. He had to laugh as he saw the innocent little white cat riding along in his daughter's dreadlocks like they were some sort of hammock. He couldn't help but feel worried when she'd gone out of the village on her own. So he discreetly followed her to see what was going on. It wasn't that he doubted her ability to defend herself. Hell, she could probably do that to just about anyone here and probably outdo them in single combat thanks to her extensive training. But her father's instincts don't just switch off like that. But now he could see that she was fine and apparently in good company he relaxed a little. She's very beautiful. It's obvious that you'd do anything to protect her, a very feminine voice said from behind Jack. He turned to his surprise. He found himself face to face with a rather beautiful Yejuta female. Before he could say anything to voice his surprise at her presence, she continued to speak. You're a good father and a good man, Jack. Tick Elth is a very lucky woman to have found you and to have you at her side, the young woman said. Jack noticed that the grey smoke swirling around her, which meant that she was a spirit. But unlike any spirit he'd encountered before, there was an aura of power around her, but at the same time, a purity of sorts that just seemed to radiate from her. He turned and looked up at the massive statue, and that's when it clicked in Jack's head. The woman and the statue were identical. The young woman before him was Pyre, the eternal goddess of the hunt. As the realisation registered on his face and his mouth dropped open, Pyre moved from the statue to his side. The smile never left her face. I see that you've figured out who I am. You always were the perceptive one, she said, smiling her mandibles at him. Well, I can't say that I'm not surprised, but I guess I shouldn't be with what I've learned since becoming a dream warrior. But I can't help why the wonder by the Juta goddess would want to visit me. Jack said, and simply this caused Pia to smile even broader at him. Simple, because of how important you are to me, she said, and Jack frowned slightly. Important how? he asked curiously. Pia smiled, but seemed to ignore the question. Instead, she walked back over to the statue and ran her hand over it. I remember the days that this planet used to hold such glorious and pure hunts. A place for young warriors to test themselves against the most powerful beasts in the universe. But back then they respected the balance. They respected the harmony of life. But then the bad bloods came and the wars began. So much death and so much hate. It changed the Yejuta in a way that now needs to be undone before it's too late. Paya said. Then she turned to face Jack again 
and to her surprise found him directly at her side. Before she could speak, Jack raised a hand and placed it to the side of her face. I don't do cryptic riddles. So let's see if you hear means you have a purpose for me, and I don't like being a puppet on a string, especially when my family's at risk. So let's see if this shit works on you, he said, and before Pia could say a word, she saw his eyes change to bright white, and his veins began to glow with a pure white light. She grinned at him darkly. Well, well, you're a bold one, aren't you? She said as she felt the human dream warrior trying to penetrate her mind, and he returned her grin. Have you ever met my wife? He said, and this made her laugh. It was a high-pitched noise, very much like music. Very well, Jack the Bold. Let's see if you can handle the mind of a goddess. It'll show you my purpose anyhow, she said, and with that she allowed his mind and hers to join. The inside of the hut was gloomy, except for a few burning candles over in the far corner. It was pretty sparsely decorated, with a few furs from some animals here and there thrown around his rugs and bedding. That certainly looked like a cosy little home to Sella's eyes, as she looked around herself. Then she noticed the two beds over by the far wall. One was occupied. Right now her eyes locked onto the shape of Robert, laid on his bed with his head propped up with some sort of fur pillows and some sort of vellum pad right in front of him. Sella noticed that he seemed to have some sort of sharpened sticks and rocks around him and a small knife that he guessed she was using to sharpen them right next to him. At first she thought maybe he was writing some sort of diary like her matriarch had done when she lived here. That was until she noticed the vellum pieces stuck up all around the walls of the hut. In the gloom they had been hard to spot at first, but as her eyes adjusted more, she could see them more clearly. They were sketches and drawings done in charcoal and graphite, and they were exquisite. Sarah's eyes locked onto one nearest to her, and it appeared to be a young woman woman with long wavy hair and a kind happy smile and eyes. She was smiling at her, and Sarah couldn't help but wonder if this was Robert's mother. Why do you always have it so dark in here, Robert? It makes it hard to see anything, Amy said in an exasperated tone, and she stumbled across the room to the window. Sella heard him sigh heavily. I've told you once, I've told you a million times. It helps me to focus and helps me with the shading, he said in a deeper voice than Sarah had expected. In fact, she realised this was the first time she'd actually heard him speak. Amy pushed the window open with a loud creak and light flooded into the room. Instantly, Robert shielded his eyes from the brightness. Ah, Amy, what the hell? He said, sitting bolt upright on his bed to look at the little girl but instead his eyes were drawn to something else entirely. They were drawn to Sarah Aleth. Amy noticed Robert staring right at Sarah, and Boo seemed to be choosing that moment to abandon his living hammock and wrestled his way up her dreadlocks and onto her shoulder again, as she stood there nervously wringing her hands together. She also noticed a range of emotions passing over Robert's face, everything from confusion at finding the alien gear girl here in his home to anger at seeing her, then amusement at seeing the little white cat trying his best to climb up Sarah's dreadlocks and onto her shoulder without falling off, and then back to anger again. What's she doing here? Robert asked, the anger in his voice obvious. This felt like a punch to Sarah's heart. 
It was obvious that the merest sight of her filled him with anger. But she took a deep breath as she remembered what her matriarch had once said to her. The people would be both shocked and mistrustful of them because of what they were. But for her to rise above it and prove her worth and show them how very wrong they were. So instead of running away to die in a hole like every fibre of her being wanted her to do, she stood her ground. I brought her here because she's my friend, Amy said with an angry edge in her voice. In fact, it was enough to tear Robert's eyes from Sarah and move them over to the young girl. Friend? How can you be friends with that thing? Robert said angrily, and this one got Sarah's blood boiling. But before she could spit a reply, Amy got there first. She's not a thing. She's a person like you or me, Robert. Amy roared in a voice that stunned everyone present, including the little white cat currently sat on Sarah's shoulder was now regarding its owner with an open-mouth expression. The sheer force of the little girl's anger seemed to shock guilt out of Robert. Amy, he began before finding himself cut off by the feisty young girl. No, you don't get to speak to me until you apologise to Sarah Ellith. She came here because I asked her to, so she could show you that her kind are not bad, Amy said. This seemed to flick Robert's switch back from guilt to anger again. How can you say that, Amy? You know what their kind did. To me. To you. To my parents. He said before his voice trailed off in a very dark place that pulled Sarah's heartstrings like a harp. She instantly wanted to run over and throw her arms around the young teen and to tell him that it was all going to be okay. But she knew when not to get involved and she could see that this was one of those times. And besides, she didn't think the particular course of action would be a positive reaction here. But then the young girl pulled out what only could be described as a miracle out of that prodigal head of hers. I know what they did, Robert, just as well as you. They killed all my friends too, remember? But that wasn't Sarah Ellis that did that, now was it? She said. And Robert remained silent, but his look was curious. My mum told me a long time ago that white people like you used to use black people like me as slaves. They used to force us to work for them. They would rape and kill us just because they could. But then things changed and they got better. And now white people are friends and equals and allies. I mean, look at us, Robert. You're my best friend and you look after me. You take care of me. And you're white and I'm black. She said and Robert looked stunned. This little pearl of wisdom. And his mind seemed to determine to fight against it. That's different, he exclaimed. How? Amy asked, folding her arms defiantly across her chest. We're both human, Robert said. So? What's that have to do with anything? Not so long ago, white people didn't think that black people were human, Amy said angrily. Robert didn't say anything. He simply looked stunned. But Amy wasn't done yet. Just because she's different from us doesn't mean that she doesn't have feelings, Robert. And that doesn't give you the right to stamp all over them and hurt her. And oh, for your information, she's half human too, Amy said with a dark smile which told Sarah she'd pulled her trump card. Robert's face showed a complete look of shock and amazement as it flicked between both Sarah and Amy rapidly. But before he could gather his thoughts, Amy pushed her advantage again. Yeah, you remember that powerful looking dude in the white armour? She asked, and he nodded silently with wide shocked looking eyes. Yeah, that was her daddy. Amy said, 
Robert turned his gaze to Sella and she could see the unspoken question in them, asking her if it was true. Yeah, it's true. That's my father, she said in a quiet voice. He opened his mouth to speak, but Amy got there first yet again. So you see, Robert, she's not that different from us. And even if she was, what difference does that make? Sarah Ellis is a strong, kind and gentle person. She even said boo when he ran off again and brought him back to me. And look, he loves her to bits. And he's a better car- judge of character than any of us, she said, pointing at the little white cat riding on Sarah's shoulder. We decided it was a perfect time to nuzzle the side of Sarah's mandibles which caused her to reach out by reflex to scratch him behind the ears, causing him to purr loudly. Robert watched this, and the look in his eyes made Sella think that this young friend's words and action of the little white cat had just destroyed his version of reality rather completely. So you say sorry to her, and we can all become friends, otherwise I'm not going to talk to you again. And you know what? I might just go and live with her because I don't want to be friends with someone who is so hurtful to someone who hasn't done anything wrong, just because of what they look like, Amy said in her voice that sounded so much older than her years belayed. But Zella could see that the really last shot had really hit home. Robert's eyes now showed a pain like no other hidden there. It was obvious that he needed Amy like she needed him. Then he turned and looked directly at Zella Ellith. He could see that she could see the pain in his eyes, but there was something else there too. I'm sorry for what I said, Earth. You aren't a thing, and I had no right to say that to you. And for what it's worth, I'm sorry for it, he said with what sounded like a bucket load of pain in his voice. Earth's anger faded away in an instant. It's okay. I know that Yejuta have caused you a lot of pain, and for that I'm sorry. But you have to understand that those that did those terrible things to you and your family do not represent the Yejuta as a whole. They're criminal scum who don't care what pain they inflict as long as they get their sick thrills from it, Sarah said, and Robert looked at her curiously. It might shock you to learn that I was brought here to be hunted too. I was torn from my family, from my home, and dumped here just so I could be hunted and killed just so their clan leader could hurt my parents, Zella said in a sad-sounding voice as she thought about how what sort of pain that would have felt like for their parents. It occurred to her that the small glimpse that she got from that just wasn't even close to the pain that Robert's reality was. She looked both shocked and surprised at this. Wait, so they hunt and kill their own kind? he exclaimed and Zella nodded. Yeah, my matriarch was torn from her family and dumped here too before to be hunted, but she fought them off on her own for a number of years till she met my father. Then they did when they did the same to him, and together they were able to escape this place. Seller explained, and Robert looked curious. Matriarch? he asked, and Seller Ellis smiled at him, not understanding the term. It's a respectful term for mother, she said, and he looked rather thoughtful for a moment. So your mother was stuck here on her own, on this planet, for years? He asked, and she nodded. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. I'd have lost my long mind long ago if it wasn't for Amy and Boo, and for everyone here, Robert said thoughtfully. Though she'd never admit it, I really think my matriarch wasn't far from losing hers. If you listen closely to the way she tells the story, 
She's a proud Yejuda huntress, so she'd never admit it, Sella said softly. I can imagine. I was terrified when they turned me loose on this place, after they killed my family. I don't know why they spared me, but sometimes I wish they hadn't, Robert said in a pain-filled voice that made Sella want to rush over and hug him. But she figured a reaction like that might scare him even more. He really wasn't used to being this near to a Yejuta, so getting a hug from one might actually break his mind in two. A sudden boldness came over Sarah Ellis, and she decided to act upon it. She walked over to the foot of Robert's bed and stood looking down at him. He looked up at the young, proud half Yejuta huntress, and she could see the mixture of fear and curiosity in her eyes. "'May I sit?' she asked, pointing to the end of his bed. He looked at where her hand indicated and took a deep breath but then he nodded and she smiled at him. She sat down on the end of the bed facing him as he drew his legs up out of the way. As she sat down, Boo the cat jumped down from her shoulder and jumped straight into Robert's, throwing him back onto his young arms, knocking the pad out of the way as he did. Hey, you silly cat, Robert said as a little purring white cat as he rubbed himself all over him. Sella leaned down and picked up the pad and returned it to Robert. But as she did, she noticed what he'd been drawing on it. It was a picture of Amy and Boo playing by the statue in the centre of the village. Hey, this is really good. You really are a fantastic artist, Sella said as she began to flick through the pad. Robert looked really bashful at her praise. I like to capture my memories as I see them in my head. That way, if they got me there, then I'd be able to get a little part of me left in this world if they ever kill me, unlike my family he said in a sad voice. Sella looked up at him. There's a little part of them left too, you know, she said, and he looked at her curiously. You, she said, and a smile broke itself across his face, as if the thought had never really occurred to him. And while you still live, they'll never truly be forgotten, and they can live on in you, Sella said, and Robert now full-on smiled. Thank you, Sella he said as tears started to flow down his cheeks. Then a sudden thought struck her, and she nearly slapped herself for not realising it before. In the burst of activity, she jumped to her feet without realising her actions and reached down and grabbed Robert's hand. His eyes widened in fear as his instinct kicked back in. But rather than harm him, she pulled him off the bed and to his feet. But she kept one of her hands on, his, on him, which made him look at her wild-eyed. Come with me, there's someone I think you need to meet. I think he'll be able to help you, she said. What? Why? Robert asked without realising that Sarah was still holding his hands as she led him across the hut abruptly, past a rather confused but happy-looking Amy. Please, just trust me, you'll see, Sarah said, smiling at him. The confused team looked at the powerful Yejuta huntress that was leading him by the hand across the room. It suddenly struck him that he was holding hands with a girl, even if that girl was an alien. Suddenly the warmth and softness of her skin entered his mind, and a massive blush crossed his face. As his face was turning bright red, he got eye to eye with Amy, who smiled broadly at him, and she winked. What the hell was this feeling? And what the hell was happening? And how the hell was it happening? Jack's mind felt like it was going to break apart, and shatter like glass hitting concrete at high speed. He was taking all of his strength to hold himself together, but then he broke through, and he saw it. He saw the universe in its entirety.
He was floating in blackness, but he was also surrounded by light. Stars and planets, galaxies and solar systems all around him. And he could feel the very life pulsing from every direction all around him. It was like the warm glow of a sunrise on his skin after a cold night. But more than that, he could feel the minds and hearts of uncountable living beings, of races he didn't even know the names of, in every direction, passing through him like a highway. It's really something, isn't it? A voice from behind him said. He turned slowly and saw Pyre floating there with him. It's incredible, he said, and she smiled broadly. I was going to ask you if you liked what you saw, but goddess or not, I think your wife would probably hunt me down if I did, she said, causing Jack to burst out laughing. Oh, so you know her well, then, he said, smiling. Would you like to see her? Pyre asked, and Jack raised an eyebrow. What, really? he asked, and she smiled again. You're in the mind of a goddess, Jack. A feat that no other mortal has ever accomplished, I might add. So colour me impressed here. And yes, really. Just reach out with your feelings for her, she replied. Jack thought about this for a second, and instantly his head was filled with images of the woman he loved. There was a sudden rush of colour as the universe around them seemed to move and respond to the request. The whole thing turned into a rush of colour, and he found himself standing in a massive arena. To his right was the woman he loved, looking every bit the radiant, proud Yejuta Huntress that he adored. He suddenly sensed her feelings were a mixture of rage and fear, and pride all rolled together in one. That's when he noticed both Shena Blackcrest and Amelia Yejuta stood along with her, and to his utter surprise, three Xenomorph queens. They all appeared to be watching something in the arena, so he turned to look as well. And that's when he saw his son Ryan standing there, tall and proud, holding two swords, while a large Yejuta male circled around him. Suddenly he became aware of Pyre stood directly next to him, and she placed a hand on his shoulder. Don't worry, Jack. That boy of yours is as strong as they come, and he's already started something here, something that needed to happen, in order to save both her species and yours, she said, pointing at Tick and then at himself. What do you mean? he asked. Reach out and touch the feelings of the crowd with your mind. See them. Feel them, she said. Jack looked confused at this, but he did as he was asked. A massive surge of emotion suddenly entered his head. It took him quite a bit of effort to focus them and apply them to an individual properly. The majority of the crowd seemed to be in a total support of his son and what he stood for. He can feel the confliction of the emotions of the various individuals around the arena as they battled with themselves over what they were feeling. Quite a few of the females in the crowd were feeling feelings of attraction towards his son and jealousy towards Shenna Blackcrest. But at least half were considering their own beliefs very carefully. They were stuck in emotional battles within their own heads. All their lives they have been told that humans were weak prey species were good for nothing but hunting. But here stood a male, born of a human male and a Yejuta female, who embodied the core values of Yejuta society, as well as throwing human values into the mix. Never in a million years would they have considered a union between their species could produce an offspring that was not only so strong, but so radiant as well. Quite a few of the crowd were considering going on hunting human mate for their own. Jack turned to Pyre with a raised eyebrow. 
It looked like Ryan had started some sort of Yejuda love revolution, he said, and she grinned broadly and gave him a musical laugh. Exactly, she said, and Jack tilted his head curiously. You see, there are events here at work in the universe that have been set in motion to unravel the very mortal world as we know it. Two species will have the strength to stand up and face it together, and this evil knows this. So it has targeted both species and instilled a long, strong feeling of xenophobia and mistrust in both. This is all to prevent an alliance, and more importantly, interbreeding between the two, because it will be hybrids like your son that will be on the front lines, shining beacons of how proud and strong species are not only strong alone, but so much stronger when they are together, she said, and Jack considered this very slowly and a realisation suddenly hit him. So my being a dream warrior, and meeting Tick on that planet, it was no accident, was it? And Pius smiled sweetly. Nope. I have searched for one of your kinds for so very long, Jack. A perfect human dream warrior with an open mind, who would see the true beauty of the Ejuta, and I found you. So I made sure that you were the one that the Bad Bloods took at our planet where you met your beloved Tick she said, and Jack laughed softly. So I guess I should thank you for bringing me together with her then, with the other half of my heart, he said, which caused Pius' smile to broaden. You're most welcome, Jack, and it really should be me thanking you. You and Tick are going to be directly responsible for saving the universe as we know it, she said, and this caused Jack to laugh out loud again. Sounds like a hell of a day, doesn't it? Got up this morning, went out to the shop, got lost... Met a pretty alien girl, had a couple of kids, then ended up saving the universe, Jack said, causing Pilot to laugh out loud. Well, it's true. You and Tick's love for one another are the catalyst that'll set all of this in motion. So you could very well say that love saved the universe now, couldn't you? She said with a sly smile. And she turned to Jack to face her. Well, now we have to go back, as I feel your daughter needs your help with her own love issues. But before we go, I have two gifts for you, Pia said, and Jack raised an eyebrow. Love issues? he asked, and Pia winked at him. You'll see, she said, then she reached forward and placed her hand on his chest directly over his heart. Jack Mason, I now bestow on you the gift that is due to lifespan. May it serve you well, for now the biggest gift. I awaken you. Go forth, dream warrior. Go forth and see the universe as it should be, Pius said. And with that, Jack felt power rushing through him like he'd never imagined. His entire being filled with a bright light as he felt his mind explode into tiny pieces. A cellar Ellis dragged Robert from the hut and across the village towards the hut where her father had been set up. She noticed something strange. Over by the big pie statue in the middle of the village, she saw both a bright light. Both Robert and Amy, who were following along with Boo, all turned to look as well, just in time to see her father floating in the air, glowing. Hey, Sarah, isn't that your daddy? Amy said, pointing. At that moment, he stopped glowing and dropped back down to his feet. Forgetting that he was still holding Robert's hand, Sarah nearly pulled Robert off his feet as she charged towards her father at full tilt. It was all he could do to keep up with the young huntress. But as they ran, something strange happened. He happened to look at the side of Sarah's face, 
just as one of the god rays of right hit her on the other side of the head. It framed her in an aura of golden light that seemed to make her skin glow radiantly. The brown and green swirls across her body seemed to light up of their own accord. It also seemed to make her piercing blue eyes seem to glow. He watched as a massive dreadlock swung and bounced all around her head and back and forth as they moved and he felt his mouth fall open as he truly saw her for the first time. She was the most beautiful creature he'd ever seen in his life. The trio stopped right in front of Sarah's father. Jack and he turned to look at them. The first thing Sarah noticed was that his eyes were different. They weren't only blue anymore. They were blue with sprecks of bright gold flecked throughout them. The next thing she noticed that there were two ice white lightning bolt streaks through his hair. Father, what happened? Sarah exclaimed, and she instantly reached up and inspected the change in his hair with her free hand. You ever wonder what it'd be like to meet a god? He replied, and she looked at him curiously. Yeah, well, I can cross that one off the bucket list. I just met Pyre, he said, and his daughter's mandibles dropped open in shock. You, you met the goddess of the hunt? She exclaimed in a shocked and confused voice. Yeah, nice lady, actually, he said, smiling. Nice lady? You met a goddess and all you can say is nice lady? Sarah exclaimed with wide eyes at that moment. Jack noticed that the others were with her, and he also noticed that she seemed to be holding hands with a teenage boy who looked at him with a look of complete amazement painted on his face. Jack's eyes flicked between them both, and then a large grin spread over his face. So that's what Pye was talking about, he said softly. Sarah was confused what he was looking at for a second until she realised she was holding Robert's hand tightly. But just before she released it, She'll notice how tightly he was holding on to hers. As she did, rather begrudgingly, release it, a blush spread across her face right down to the tips of her mandibles. A blush that Jack noticed. The boy was also sharing, and he couldn't help but laugh at this until his daughter shot him a death glare. So what did Pia say, anyway? She asked quickly, moving away from what her father seemed to have noticed. He always had been rather observant, and she knew he could read her like a book even without his dream warrior abilities. It was rather infuriating sometimes. Jack turned and looked into his daughter's rather embarrassed eyes. Seems we have a rather bigger part to play than we originally intended. There's something happening in the universe, and it seems that only the Yejuta and the human race can actually stop it. And it's up to us to get them together to fight it, he said, and Sellerellis cocked her head curiously and he detected both curiosity and worry in her eyes. What sort of thing? she asked, and Jack shrugged. She wasn't that forthcoming, but what she did say is that only by bringing the Yejuta and the human races together as one is the only way we can kick-start the thing that stops it. Oh, and I also saw Ryan and your mother, he said, and that instantly snapped Sarah's head up. What? You saw them? How are they? Are they okay? she asked in rapid succession. Far better than I could have actually ever imagined, really. According to Pyre, Ryan is starting some sort of love revolution above your mother's clanship. Apparently, by showing them his strength in combat, he's changed rather a lot of minds as to the value and strength of the human as a race. Apparently, rather a few of your mother's old clan are giving serious consideration to walk in your mother's path and taking a human for a mate after what he's done there. But not only that, 
he somehow sort of managed to form a kind of an alliance with Akira Mande. Jack said and Stella felt a relief wash over at the news that her beloved twin was okay. But that part was really the last part that shocked her. Friends with Akira Mande? She asked in a rather shocked voice and her father nodded. Yeah, I know, caught me off guard too. I saw your mother, Shenna Blackcrest and some guy that I didn't recognise on the end of some sort of arena and they were stood there side by side with three queens. Jack said, surprise evident in his own voice, given what he'd seen. This entire time the little exchange had been going on, both Robert and Amy had been standing there as silent as dormice listening to all this. Both of them were rather confused by what they were hearing. It didn't make any sense to either of them. Suddenly Jack focused on them and smiled. I see you found out who our little friend belonged to, he said indicating Boo had climbed up onto Amy's shoulder and looked like he was sizing up jumping onto Sella's back again. He walked over to Amy and gently stroked the happy little cat, who responded with a happy purr. Yeah, Sella said, lost in thought of what her father had just told her about what was happening with her brother. Suddenly Robert decided to speak up. Um, sir? He said in a quiet, almost shy voice, trying to attract Jack's attention. He turned to look at the young teen, who seemed to shrink under his gaze, although he looked try, tried his best to look friendly. He guessed he could look sort of kind of intimidating in all his armour and weaponry. I was wondering how you did that, see exactly what it was with all the glowing when we first arrived. Um, what was all that? he asked softly, and Jack smiled at him warmly. Yeah, I guess this could be confusing to you guys, he said smiling. It seemed to embolden the young team a little, and he returned Jack's smile. Yeah, somewhat. He said. And what do you use you to call a dream warrior? Jack said. A dream warrior? What's that? It's kind of hard to explain, but in a nutshell, I have certain special abilities. They give me a, quite an edge in a fight. While at the same time, I can see the unseen. Things like spirits and the darkest secrets that people don't want others to know. Jack replied. Those words seemed to snap Sarah Elith out of her trance and she quickly walked up to her father's side. "'Spirits?' Robert said, sounding even more confused. "'Yeah, of the dead,' Jack replied in a very matter-of-fact voice. "'It's said that dream warriors have a foot in both worlds, "'half in the living half and half in the spirit realm,' Sarah said. "'Robert's expression grew even more confused at this, but also rather more worried.' "'Sarah turned to her father. "'Can I ask a favour, father?' she asked. "'Of course you can, sweetheart,' he said, looking at her. This is Robert. His parents were brutally taken in from him by the bad blood porks in a supreme act of unforgivable cowardice, she said, and Jack's gaze flicked from his beloved daughter to the young teenage bride, whose expression had darkened somewhat at the mere mention of the bad bloods and what they were responsible for. Jack could also see the pain and the ate etched deep into his soul. It washed off him in waves. He got the feeling he knew what his daughter was about to ask of him. I want you to help him. Please, Father, let him see them again. Let them be able to see their proper goodbyes, Sarah said, and Robert snapped out of his dark expression, looking up at them both in utter amazement. Are you serious? he exclaimed in utter shock, and Sarah nodded. She walked over to him and placed a hand on his shoulder, and she instantly felt him shaking a mixture of fear and nervousness. 
My father can help you to say the goodbye that you should have gotten to say the first time around. So don't be afraid, Robert. Be strong. Show them that you live on and honour their sacrifice and that you will avenge them, Stella said. He looked up into the face of the half-Yajuta girl and found himself instantly caught up in her bright blue eyes. They were filled with such kindness and gentleness. They seemed to radiate a mixture of such things to him. Strength, compassion, kindness, to name but a few. But the strongest of them all, the thing that came stampeding out of the dark corner of his mind like an untamed wild powerful horse, was beauty. Robert took a deep breath and steeled himself. Okay, he said with his voice still shaking a little bit. Sal smiled at those beautiful young male and squeezed his shoulder gently. Then they both turned to face her father, who was smiling at them both. He walked slowly up to the young teen and looked him right in the eye. The young teen's breath caught in his throat, and he saw the immense strength and power of the eyes of Sal's father. He seemed to glow like lightning in his soul. I know such a despicable act leaves its mark. It leaves a scar that never seems to leave us and never truly heals. A hole in your heart that never seems to be filled. A void of endless blackness, Jack said softly. The teen's breath caught again. He just perfectly described how he felt in all this time. But in the face of such darkness, we can also grow strength. The strength to go on no matter the odds against us, the strength to carry on no matter what we suffer. You see, Robert, those we love never really leave us. They're always here with us, right here, Jack said, tapping the young teen right on the heart. The young teen looked down at Jack's hand and then up into his face, but he wasn't looking back at him, but at something to either side of him. They're here. Would you like to see them, Robert? Jack said, looking back into the teen's wide eyes. Robert's eyes widened even more so, and he nodded, his heart hammering in his chest, like a jackhammer going at full tilt. All right, this is going to feel quite strange at first, all right? Jack said, and the teen nodded, and then he felt Jack place a hand on his side, and then on the side of his head. Then in a flash, his vision flickered and changed suddenly. Jack was surrounded by billowing, pure white flames, like fire all around him. He turned his gaze to his left, and he saw Salareth was surrounded by the very same billowing white fire, and he felt his heart skip a whole series of beats rather than just the one. She looked like a goddess, proud and beautiful, surrounded by purity given form. She was the most indescribable thing he'd ever seen. He couldn't believe that these feelings had been hidden somewhere in his heart. Only two hours ago he'd have happily killed her for just being one of the same race of the bastards that had done these evil things to everyone here. He hated her so much that he couldn't even bear to look at her. But now he couldn't even ever imagine wanting to harm a single hair on her head. Then an image of running his hand over her hair and feeling that head, feeling her soft hair winding between her finger between his fingers and the texture of her skin, while leaning against her chest, swam into his mind and filled him with a warmth. Suddenly a voice in his head spoke. Just a heads up, when I'm connected to a person like this, I can hear all their thoughts, and their feelings, it said in Jack's voice. The 
young teen's eyes widened in shock and fear as he looked into the eyes of her father. He'd just heard what he'd been thinking about his daughter. But he didn't look angry at all. He was smiling broadly. Don't worry, I won't tell her. I'll leave you to do that, Jack said in a voice that was in his head. The dream warrior winked at him, and Robert couldn't help but smile. But first, I think there's some people who want to say hello, and possibly goodbye, Jack said. And with that he turned the young teen around, and there standing behind him, surrounded by grey smoke, was his parents. Robert's heart felt like it would have exploded. He rushed forward out of Jack's grip, but much to the Dream Warrior's surprise, the connection didn't sever. In fact, it was replaced by a purple beam of light that linked the two of them together. Mom! Dad! The young teen yelled as he threw himself into his mother's waiting arms. All of them had tears streaming down their faces. Jack glanced curiously at the purple light and decided to try something, and he focused it onto both Celereleth and Amy, and before that more beams of light shot out of him and connected them into the link. Suddenly they both blinked in surprise at being able to see what was happening as well. Celereleth looked at her father in confusion. I guess Pyre gave me an upgrade, he said to her telepathically. Then they noticed even Boo seemed to have joined into the link, as he noticed he was feeling the little cat's emotions, as he watched the scene unfold. To Jack's utter amazement, the little cat was feeling quite a rainbow of emotions here. He was happy that his friend was able to see the one he loved. He was also sad that they were dead. He was also hungry. Jack Salareleth watched as Roberts embraced both his lost parents. It always amazed her when her spirits were revealed by a dream warrior, were as living as real people. She could see the dents in Robert's clothes where we were touching him, proving their existence. She could feel the tears also rolling down her cheeks as she felt the emotions flowing through the link that her father had set up between them all. She glanced at Amy, who was also crying at seeing this, but she could also feel the weight that was lifted from Robert's heart at seeing them again and finding out now that they were in a place with no pain and no worries. They were currently telling him how proud they were of him for stepping up and for looking after Amy when no one else there to help her. She glanced now from Amy to her father and she swore she saw tears in his eyes but then he noticed her looking at him and did his best to shield them from her. But she could feel his emotions through the link too and she felt the happiness he felt as well as the sadness that someone so young should have to go through this. She walked over to his side and he looked at her with a smile. Without saying a word, she just put her arms around him and drew herself against his broad chest and held on tight. Jack held the link together for 30 minutes to allow Robert and his parents to say all they needed to say to each other. When they were finished, Robert's mother approached him and Sarah. She was a tall, elegant-looking woman with flame-red hair and green eyes. She smiled broadly at Jack. Thank you, Dream Warrior, for allowing me to speak to my son again. You have given me a gift worth more than my life ever was, she said, and Jack smiled back. You're very welcome, he said softly. Then she turned to Sailor Aleth, and her smile grew even wider. I see what's in your heart, young one, and I beg you, please look after my son. He needs someone as strong as you to protect him, she said, and Sailor Aleth felt herself flush bright crimson but she nodded all the same. 
Then she glanced at Robert and she saw him looking right at her with exactly the same blush all over his face. At that moment she felt a flash of his thoughts transfer through the link and she instantly knew what had gotten hers as well. Both of them felt exactly the same word at exactly the same time as they were looking at one another. Beautiful. With a final goodbye, Jack severed the link and the only things left living standing there. Sarah Ellis and Robert were both staring at each other in an embarrassed silence. Jack walked over and placed a hand on Amy's shoulder. She looked up at him. Let's take a little walk, Amy. I think these two need a little time to talk, don't you? He said quietly, and she nodded. And as the two of them turned, Boo jumped up and tried to clamber up Jack's cloak, managing to claw his way up onto his shoulder. He almost blended in perfectly with Jack's armour. But as the two of them turned, they noticed they seemed to have acquired quite a crowd. Apparently some of the villagers had noticed what was going on with Robert and had come to watch. Word had quickly spread of the man able to contact the dead. Straight away a young woman came straight up to Jack and held out a small wallet-sized picture of a young man. Please, sir, will you let me see my husband again? Please, I beg of you, she asked, and instantly a whole crowd of them surged forward towards Jack some holding photos, some just shouting out names. And he looked down at Amy. I get the feeling I'm going to be quite busy here, he said, smiling at her. And she just smiled up at him. So many to help, so little time, she replied, causing Jack to laugh out loud. Why not just use that purple light thing again, she asked. And he looked at her curiously, then back at the crowd. He wondered if it was even possible to join this many people together at once, but it certainly would be faster. You're a genius, kiddo, he said with a grin. Then she turned and focused on the crowd. As he did, he felt a massive surge of energy within him, and it lifted him off the ground, taking him with it, and his little shoulder-mounted companion high above the surprised crowd. Bolts of purple light began to shout, shoot out from him, and struck various members of the crowd before chaining them together to the others. In mere seconds, the whole crowd was joined together as one. It was like a massive hive mind of thoughts and feelings and ideas all circling together in a massive whirlwind of emotion. It was taking all of Jack's strength and focus to be able to maintain it, but it was stable. Closing his eyes, he focused his mind and put out a huge call to the spirit realm. And then as he opened his eyes once again, Grey swirls of smoke began to started to appear at the edges of the crowd and they snaked between them before forming up in front of the people they were searching for. He heard various shouts of joy and surprise from all over as they were reunited with their long-lost loved ones. The sheer volume of joy and happiness that surged through Jack from the crowd nearly overwhelmed him. It was like nothing he could have imagined as he floated high above the crowd. He watched as brother and was united with sister, mother with child, husband with wife. The dead mingled with the living and the joy flowed like water, or more accurately, like tears. Robert and Salarella stared at each other for what felt like an eternity, both obviously completely oblivious to the big circle and mini-miracle that Jack was performing right behind them both. They were so totally focused on one another it was like the rest of the world had totally phased out. But before either of them could speak, Robert's fear took control of him again, and he turned and ran. This reaction surprised Sarah Ellis, and for a second she didn't react. She just watched him go. 
Then she felt a small tug on her arm, and it brought her to senses. She looked down and saw Amy looking up at her. Well, are you just going to let him go? Or are you going to let him run away? She asked, and the words seemed to snap Elizabeth back into the moment. And she nodded and turned, before setting after Robert at full tilt. Robert, Robert slammed the hut door so hard it shook the whole place. His emotions were swirling around his head like a whirlpool. He was so confused. On one hand, he couldn't help hating the Yejuta for what they'd done to his parents and to all the others here. But he also knew that the other Yejuta were not responsible for what a small group of criminals had done. Then he was happy because he'd finally got to say a proper goodbye to them thanks to Jack and those amazing dream warrior abilities of his. Then there was how fast these feelings for Selareleth had sprung up out of the depth of his heart and seemingly out of nowhere. And this was the most confusing thing for him. He didn't understand how he could be attracted to one of their race that had killed his parents. And how had these feelings appeared so quickly and seemingly so out of nothing? Then he'd gotten a glimpse of her into his heart and found that she shared his feelings and felt the same about him and it scared him like nothing ever had. He didn't know what it meant or what it could lead to if he gave in to them. He just couldn't help like he feels like he should be fighting against them and that they were somehow wrong and he should be hating himself for feeling this way. Also swirling around his mind was the bigger question. What should he do now? After all, that was the one he'd have to survive. What would he be able to do? If he was able to return to Earth, how did he explain his parents' disappearances? It wasn't like the authority would believe him if he told them they were taken to an alien planet and brutally murdered. They'd lock him up in a place for the criminally insane in the belief that he'd murdered them and disposed of the bodies. And then what would happen to Amy and to Boo? All these questions and so many more were rampaging through his head, threatening to tear his mind apart. When he'd released the tight grip he'd been holding over his emotions that Jack had shown him, his parents had opened a Pandora's box that he'd barely been able to keep shut and now his mind was raging over all these fears and paranoias. Suddenly the hut door was opened with a massive bang, and there stood Sarah Ellith, with a light behind her outlining her beautiful frame. She looked every bit the powerful and beautiful Amazonian warrior. She was looking right at him, with concern plastered all over her face, and in her eyes. Oh, those striking and beautiful eyes of hers. How he wished he could just drown in those beautiful pools of electric blue. Robert, she asked with an obvious concern etched into her voice, taking a step towards him. He shied backwards from her, his heart pounding, and as she began to look for a way out, he couldn't let her corner him. Surely all these feelings couldn't be real. They must be a lie. No one ever would ever feel like that about him. At least a powerful alien warrior princess like her. What in the name of hell could she ever see in him? It must be his mind trying to play a trick on him again. Trying to make him to make himself a monumental fool out of himself again. Like the last time he'd asked out a girl in a deluded belief that she actually liked him. People at his high school still sniggered and laughed at him for, for that one, maybe even two years ago. Salarelleth took yet another step towards him, and again he shied back another step. One more, and he was stood with his back to the wall. What's wrong, Robert? 
she asked, and she began to notice the panic on his face and eyes. He said nothing, just shook his head, and then she saw the tears starting to fall down his face. Was it her that he was scared of? Had she done something wrong? But then she knew what she had to do. The matriarch had put His matriarch had put her faith in him to protect him, and now all these feelings coursing through her, she decided the time to be bold and to take a chance. So instead of taking another step forward, she dashed forward and seized hold of him. Robert nearly went into full-on panic, but Selrella's strength held him pinned to the wall with her body. She didn't harm him. She merely held him in her strong arms. He looked right up at her, and she found himself looking into those beautiful eyes of hers, and he felt something again in his chest. It took him a second to realise it was his heartbeat. It was beating so fast that it was like an engine on full tilt. And that's when he realised she was just as nervous and scared as he was. It was at that moment he broke. He couldn't hold it any more, and the tears full-on burst out of him. He threw his arms around Alice's body and clung to her. Her skin was so warm and wonderfully soft, and his hands had found the gaps in her armour. He gripped onto the strong muscles of her back. Zeller Ellis watched this beautiful and sensitive male break down in her arms, and she pulled him tightly against her. She could feel the pain flowing out of him like a river after every dam bursting. Every injustice he'd suffered, every pain he'd endured, every confusion he'd muddled through all at once. She felt so sorry for him. No one, should, this young, should ever have to endure things like this, but endure them he had. And while some would look at this as weak, Sailor Ellis could see something totally different. She saw a beautiful and sensitive human being that had managed to endure despite all the odds and the challenges thrown at him. He'd taken everything they'd thrown at him, and then some, and he was still standing. Now he needed a shoulder to let that pain and fear loose, so they didn't destroy him, and she was only too happy to be the one to break that mask. They stood like that for at least ten minutes, until he was all out of tears. Then he looked up into her eyes again, and in a shaking voice he said words that nearly made her heart explode. I know this is sudden. And I know I sh probably shouldn't, and I have no idea why or how it happened, let alone how this quickly. I was always told that it was a slow process, but you, you are like a lightning bolt to my heart. I don't know if it, what I felt was when I was connected to you and your father was real, or an illusion, but I love you, Sailor Ellis. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. He said in a shaking voice as if he was expecting her to flip out and strike him. But now it was her turn to surprise him. She brought her hand up and she flinched as she stroked him across the face. But instead she placed her hand on the side of his cheek and gently wiped away the remaining tears. He leaned his face against her hand and loving the feeling of her soft warm touch against his face. I feel exactly the same about you, Robert. When I saw you for the first time, I couldn't believe that a creature so beautiful could exist. You made my mandibles drop open in shock at how striking you are. What you felt when you were with me and my father was real. You saw into my heart, and I'll admit it scared and embarrassed me, but I'm not ashamed of the way I feel about you. It's a mystery to me too. I never imagined love could strike this quickly or fiercely, 
but it has, and I swear this to you now, if you have me, I'll stay by your side for life, and you'll never have to be afraid again. I will be your shield and your sword. I will protect you right up until my dying breath, she said softly. Robert smiled so broadly that his face looked like he was going to fold in half. Then a small voice from the door both startled them. Just kiss her already, Robert, it said, and both of them snapped their heads round to see Amy standing there smiling at them. Then they looked back at one another, and they both noticed that they were both blushing, and they all instantly started laughing together, both of them feeling like a massive weight had been lifted from their shoulders. Then Sarah turned and opened her mandibles and exposed her inner mouth to him as she drew him, pressing her lips to his incredibly soft and warm ones, and they both melted together in their very first kiss. Sarah Ellis' heart felt like it was going to explode. She felt the soft warmth of Robert's lips press against hers. She could feel his mouth moving slowly as she gently pulled her lower lip between his, and as she did, she did the same to his. She stroked the side of his face with the tips of her mandibles, enjoying the sensation of tracing his jawline with her sensitive tusks at the tips of her mandibles. For him, this was the most exquisite and exotic experience of his life. He could feel her every breath passing through her lips and into him. It was like nothing in the world existed except for the pair of them. He could taste what, to him, tasted like vanilla on her lips, and it was amazing. He could feel the power and strength of her muscles as she pressed her body tighter against his. He couldn't believe it. This beautiful and immensely powerful girl wanted to be with him. For the life of him, he couldn't fathom what she saw in him. But right now, they were reveled in the delightful intimacy of what they were doing, and he didn't care. Well, that was right up until a massive explosion rocked the whole hut and threw them both over into a place that went completely black anyhow. And that was chapter 41, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like a bit of an explosive ending, if you'll ask me. Will they survive? Will they realise their love? Will Boo the Cat ever get off Jack's shoulder? Only one way you're going to find out. Going to have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.